Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Alright, hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it is always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. 2022. Yep, in 2022. Learn more at 614ministries.org. It's a new year. It is a new year. and As, As Mike Rowe would say, you get to pretend to be... Your job, and I'll pretend to do my job. That's right. I have no <laughs> idea what that reference means, but okay, I'm going to roll with it. That's right. And in the new year, my name is still Josh, and that is still Stan, the last time that I checked. And silent partner Mike is still here, manning the knobs at Mission Control. Faithfully. The, faithfully in the new year. Before we even went on the air for this episode, trying to figure out all of the things going on at Mission Control over there with those fancy little knobs. Yep. Always challenges. <laughs> Every single week. So if you're hearing this and it sounds like some sort of AM radio band frequency. That's on purpose. That's actually intentional. And it's trying to let our older pastors feel at home. Yeah. And it's, and it's because we had some crazy audio issues before we decided to record this episode. So, but today you kind of want to take a look at this idea of what makes a minister of the gospel valuable. Is that right? That'd be a good one to look, talk about. Okay, so let's do that. Uh, let's open up this little can of the worth of a minister and kind of like discuss this a little bit. What first prompted you to start thinking along these lines? Uh, spending some time with some ministers who were struggling, discouraged, um, tired, you know, maybe maybe a couple of them next door to burnout, but just talking with them. Not that that ever happens in the ministry, right? Uh, nah. You never nah. you never get burnout. You never Very get tired. Rare. Yeah. Very rare. Especially, like especially after 26% of the ministry population. 2020 right and everybody shutting things down or trying to shut things down and trying to fix things. And yeah. We all, we all just churches breezed. fighting over mask and no mask. And yeah, gloves, we all just breezed you know. right through that. Yeah, cleaning and no cleaning, all that, that stuff. All went fantastic. No problem. Yeah. So, But they get discouraged. And, right. And at some point, you begin to feel that there's an internal push in a minister that's like, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't like what I'm doing, or I'm not valuable, I'm not good enough, sure. and this isn't going well. And you just get, you know, you just get that thing turning inside you that's trying to figure out, is this worth it? Am I worth it? Right. Am, I, am I worth anything? Yeah. Does the kingdom of God care? Right. You know, kind of second guessing. Uh, cl- stuff, clearly maybe. people at my church may not care that I'm here or not. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what they've said to you recently. Um, you know, you get fussed at from every angle um, at times and you, you just can't win those. You can't make everybody happy. So, but you remember the Elijah quote that when we talked through the book of Elijah, I love this quote um, in Chuck Swindoll's book, 
a man of heroism and humility. Oh yeah, we 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 co-taught a little series on this. That, that yeah, was, that, was, while back. that was good. And he's he, Chuck Swindoll was talking about a personal friend of his who quote lives his life in the public spotlight. His work is forever on display in an arena where few in their right mind would choose. It's a dog eat dog world of competition where privacy is continually invaded and criticism is constant. Sign me up for that. Yeah, that's a pleasant job. And yeah. he was talking about, that's of course, the job Tom, Tom Landry, who was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys at the time. Um, but it's also a great job description of a pastor. You're right. constantly in the limelight. You're continually being invaded. Your privacy is continually invaded. Um, there's constant criticism from every side of every deal. And. Um, you're, you're in the public spotlight as well as, um, you're, you know, trying very hard competitively, maybe the interesting phrase in that, but you're actually trying to compete against the enemy Satan for the souls of people's lives in your community. Oh yeah. So you're, you're working extremely hard at the things that God wants you to do and you're getting a lot of pushback. Right. Yeah. From, from people. So why do you put yourself through that every week? Well, you gotta have, you gotta get your head put on right and you know beginning of the year might be a good time to hopefully this will come out in january uh maybe early february but but the pushback for most ministers is when you get really tired you got to stop and think now why am i doing this yeah exactly and and that's where i think you got to go to the scriptures to get your help and hear from the lord rather than from people yeah and we're talking about the worth of a minister here so i mean do you think that a lot of because you know i mean being aligned so much with you as I have been over the past few years because of where God interwove our, you know, ministry stuff together in in real cool ways and and everything Mm -hmm. with me being able to help, help you in the ministry um, is, you know, we see a lot of other pastors and the way that things are going with their churches Mm -hmm. and their leadership and, you know, you see a lot of various things and I've grown up, you know, obviously under you as a pastor's kid my whole life. So I've, I've seen that, but you know, when you travel and you get to minister to other pastors, you get to see things from a whole lot of vantage points. So do you think that a lot of pastors today struggle with finding their value in other things like how well the church itself is doing? Yeah. That's like, usually, you know, the attendance numbers or stuff like that. Usually the attendance, the, the week to week attendance can be a very discouraging thing or very yeah. encouraging. Yeah. But if you're not careful, you're living off all the wrong values. Yeah. Like, and, are my programs going well at the church? Yeah. Did you know? somebody compliment me this week? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. <laughs> Has somebody ever complimented me? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all that kind somebody of stuff. Somebody ever told me yeah. that one yeah, of my, my sermons Besides was my great. mother, did somebody say they right. really enjoyed the sermon? Yeah. Um, so you got all that going on, and, and, and it gets in your head after a while. And, right. You know, to your point, you really can't let these externals become the reason. Sure. And the motivator and the drive. And yeah. they definitely Because that's, that's not what it's about. They definitely can't define your worth. Yeah. Um, you know, your salary is not your worth. Um, your compliments are not your worth. How many likes you got on Facebook this week? <laughs> oh man, are not your worth. Yeah, if we start talking um, social media, it's you know, over. How many people watched your sermon online? It's all none, over after that. None of that's your worth. Yeah, um, your worth is found in the scriptures. That's and, right. And if you're working for the Lord, if you're actually called to do the minute work of the ministry, which is, I'm praying all the people who listen to this are called to do the work of the ministry. Yeah, we're assuming whether that. you're a pastor, a youth pastor, even a, a lay leader in your church. If you're called to do that, don't find your worth in productivity, 
Not that you shouldn't try to be productive. Don't find it in your um, experiences um, or in the feedback you get. Find it in who God says you are. Right. And and a lot of that, you know, I think, and, you know, you, you and I have talked about this a lot in previous episodes and even just, you know, one-on-one when we're out in the ministry field and working with other pastors and stuff, there's a lot of perseverance and a lot of endurance that goes into that because it's, you know, it's it really is that mindset of, you know, I'm in the trenches a lot and I'm in the middle of this and I may not be seeing any of the benefits or the fruit of what Correct. I'm doing. Um, or if I am going to see some fruit, it may not be for a long time. That's right. Even the fruit right. of, like you said, a compliment on something. If you're if you're in a church that's, I mean, that God's called you to be a planter, yeah. a, a field preparation and planter, you're not going to see the harvest. It right. may be the next generation that sees the final harvest. You might see something, but you know, you, you may be the guy that's literally just supposed to get the field ready. Right. And you know, if God calls you to that, so be it. Yep. And so stick to it. Exactly. You know, First Thessalonians two, um, Paul's very clear. Um, I'm gonna read part of this passage to you and I hope it'll just encourage you as a pastor. I hope you'll hear this and be encouraged. You yourselves know, brethren, talking to the church at Thessalonica, Paul says that our coming to you was not in vain after we had already suffered, been mistreated in Philippi. So there's a good, you know, <laughs> by the way, while we were at the church of Philippi, we were mistreated. And while we were in the town of Philippi, we, exactly. were, we were suffering. Um, we had the boldness in, in God to speak to you the gospel amid much opposition. There's good news. So we have much opposition. For our exhortation doesn't come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. So I really want you to hear what that says is in order for us to be ministers of the gospel, called ministers, we are approved by God. And so we speak not as pleasing men, but God. We're not trying to do this for man's sake, but we're trying to honor God That's right. who examines our hearts. I'm going to give you some verses on that down the page here. So, but we never came with flattery speech or pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either or either from you or from others. In other words, we're not doing this for people's sake. Right. All the effort we put into this, all the hours you spend sermon prep, all the hours you spend working on the property at your church, all the hours you spend trying to get your music teams together, trying to get your board together, trying to get your elders uh, doing what they're supposed to do, trying to disciple broken families, whatever you're doing, all of that is not for the sake of people complimenting or approving of you. It's not with flattery speech, as Paul says, and we don't seek glory from men, um, but we actually uh, want to be approved by God. And I just want to remind you that, you know, for you to be serving in a called position, you're approved by God and he trusts you. He's entrusted you with the gospel. That's right. Um, you're entrusted with the gospel. So Paul Paul wants us to hear that and know that. Um and remember and, your calling. And not just hear it and know it, but remember that there's a, a, a heavy responsibility that goes with it. Right. And that doesn't make you smart, by the way. He nope. talks He talks in Corinthians about not it. At all. God didn't call wise people or That's right. mighty people or noble people or wealthy people or strong you know, people. He called fools. Yep. You say um, it all the time from the pulpit that you're a C-student. <laughs> that's right. He called fools, uh, literally people of no account, 
but he entrusted them with the gospel. That's right. Um, so you can't take your self-esteem from how the ministry it may be going at any one point in time. Your self-esteem has to be deriv- derived from who you are in Christ, mm. what he's done for you. And we're not pleasing men. We're trying to please others. Your worth is determined by God, not by men. That's what a minister needs to to rest in. It's not by the results you have, not by the success or lack of success. It's not by the numbers of people at your church. It's not by the likes on your church Facebook page or your personal page. It's not by your handshakes and your attaboys. Your worth is determined by God. That's right. So I really want to emphasize that in in the first of the year here for our ministers to say, you know, hold your head up. Um, God's keeping score, and he he sees and knows all that we do. There have been years and years and years of ministry where I've poured into people's lives, and you just wonder if anybody even's noticed. Right. You just wonder. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know that. You know, maybe your family caught a glimpse of it here and there, but I mean, I guess because you and I ride around a lot together, mm-hmm. uh, because oh, yeah. because we're partnered in ministry and all that, um, you get to see a lot. But if you weren't there, you got to think if you just, you know, if you had another job, mm-hmm. right? You got to think of all the places and things that I get to do. Oh yeah, that you'd never know, and nobody at the church would ever know. I For went sure. and did that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I went and taught here or took this to to this person as a ministry need. I think back even to I think back even to to high school and college when I was working some other jobs and part time jobs and, you know, before the seizures and the not driving and all that Mm -hmm. crazy stuff. Um, you know, where you would be out doing things and come home and there were probably, I mean, countless situations that you handled Mm -hmm. as a minister or a pastor. And if you didn't discuss it in the home, just for whatever reason, because it didn't come up in a conversation, it's not something you just, it's just, yeah, it's just not something I would have known about, but it could have been, you know, a hospital visit or a, you know, a this or a that, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, as a minister, you went and did that that day, but nobody other than you and that person or that family may have even known about it. And God. And God. The exactly. Point, the That's point the I want point. my ministers and my friends to hear that are working in ministry is God sees. Yep. Ma- Matthew 6, uh, 31 and 32, most of you as ministers and lay leaders have taught this passage before. Do not worry saying, what will we eat or where will we, what will we drink? What we wear for clothing for the Gentiles eagerly seek after these things, but your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Well, how does he know you need them? Cause he's watching. That's right. He's watching over you. Um, that repeated phrase in, uh, the book of revelation, uh, with the seven churches in the early part of the book of revelation, every time the angel Jesus speaks to the church, he says, I know your deeds. Yeah. And I, and I love that because I think that it should take, you know, a lot of, if you're, if you're in the ministry at any level or, or just a believer in general, mm-hmm. that phrase should cause you to pause and, and take a little self-assessment, you know, oh, it's of a, yourself. It's very humbling. <laughs> yeah. Very to, humbling. to go, wow. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm he, watching over he, and yeah, I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. He's yeah. keeping it. It's, it's literally, he's keeping an eye on me. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And then my favorite is Hebrews 6, 10, and 11. I've texted this out numerous times to my pastor friends. While it's Sunday mornings, I'll try to send some pastors some encouragement um, as they're preparing their morning. 
and I want to say to the pastors that are listening, if you have other friends that are pastors, you should send them this verse every so often or similar verses like we've been reading. Right. Um, Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you've shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. Man, that's just powerful. Mm. God is not unjust to forget your work which you've shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. When you're ministering to God's people, his saints, right. um, who may not be acting like saints at the time, but when you're ministering to them, <laughs> the, the, the scriptures are crystal clear that God is not forgetting that. He's right. paying good attention, and he sees what you're doing. And I really want our ministers to, to recognize that, um, you know, and, and, and find, find good issue with that or fi- find good comfort in that. Yeah, and it's a good you know point that you make that uh, the saints, the congregation, those believers in your church aren't always going to behave in a saintly manner. I mean, it's it's what we've been saying all along in this episode is that they're not always going to recognize the amount of energy or effort or time or sacrifice or work that you're putting into what you're doing for the body for you know, the church. Yeah. And to the, to the older pastors, my age, 60 plus, um, 50 and 60 plus to the older ones, I'm going to say, hang in there. Yeah. yeah, Don't, don't stop. Yep. But don't give up because nobody's paying attention or because you're not getting some sort of recognition. God's paying attention. But to the younger pastors, I want to tell you, don't do it for the attention. Yes. To the younger ones, you're not, you're not preaching. So people like you, you're not preaching. So you get, a lot of compliments. I mean, it's fine if it happens every so often, but it's really not why you're supposed to be doing this. The motivation to minister is because you're called and approved by God and entrusted with the gospel. And you're supposed to be working on that. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't care what people think. Right. Um, Because it can sound like, well, you just don't care. I don't care what y'all think. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to preach whatever I want. So let me just throw in as we, as we kind of wrap this down, you know, you should have accountability with your elders. If several of your elders are discouraged or frustrated with you, sure. you got to listen to that. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're just going, well, I'm not trying to seek y'all's approval. Right. And you're really not seeking elder approval, but you should have a relationship with them that they can address things in your life that need, that need you know, need help. Most definitely. Accountability is different from approval. Um, and accountability is, is relationship focus where we strive together to better one another, to understand what the will of God is uh, for ourselves and our flock. And they may need to help guide you in that. And you need to listen, but having their approval is to seek their praise their, You know, it's an arrogant and self exalted place. It's very dangerous. It's what the Pharisees did in front of Jesus all the time. They were constantly trying to get people's attention to themselves. So I really just believe that, the worth of all pastors of smaller churches um, resides in in his his or her his ability to to disciple well and to just continue in the process. You were talking about it earlier to just persevere, right? Keep on shepherding a few good men. Keep on building into the lives of men. Keep on discipling. Keep on raising up stronger men that can raise up stronger men and families. Do the basic work of ministry and trust God to observe all that. And there's going to be countless, and I do mean countless, moments in your life where you do something that's 
off the charts awesome, and only you and God will ever know. Yeah. As a minister, only you and God will ever know, and it's really how it should be. Yeah, sure. You know, on this side of heaven. Yeah. And, and it's, you'll, it's how it should be. You'll, you may get a crown for that in heaven later, yeah, but yeah. That's you not, actually will get, you will a, crown. get a crown for that yeah. in heaven later, but that's not what it's about here on earth. <laughs> but you don't need to draw attention to yourself right. exactly. while you're while you're doing that. And you definitely don't need to pout or get discouraged. It's pretty complex overall um, because you can get very self-focused, and that's a problem. Sure. Um, and you want to be other-centered. Um, but there are times where you need, you know, you need some support. Right. That's where your elders come in. If you're discouraged in that way, you can, I'm going to advise you to go to your elders and tell them, Hey, I've been rowing this thing a long time, really working hard. And I don't feel like I'm getting positive feedback for a long time. So I just want to make sure I'm getting any feedback. That's now. right. That's right. Right. Um, but I, you know, the, the real Maybe the way to end this is to say, um, you got to remember God doesn't need you to do the ministry. That's right. Uh, I mean, He just doesn't need. Yeah, we, he doesn't need me to to be the senior pastor at Northside for twenty two years. He doesn't yeah, need that. Right. I mean, I get the privilege of being that. Yep. And but He doesn't need me. And probably the greatest example of that was when I was in the church at Birmingham, running. I don't know almost a dozen different smaller ministries in, in, in that package when I was, you know, on staff there at the church, a larger church, and my ankle got broken in a crazy, crazy, crazy seated accident. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> and tr- seriously broken, three places, and steel plate and screws and a, you know, world-famous surgeon oh, yeah. working on it and in the hospital for five days and all that stuff. When all that happened, I had these ministry pieces around my life that I thought were going to completely crumble. The college ministry was huge at the time and it was kickoff season. It was August. So we're kicking off all these campus ministries and all this stuff and the single moms ministry and all the other ministries, the singles ministry, all the other ministries that were part of my work and caring for some of the elder meetings and some of the worship team stuff we were building during the worship war days of the nineties and all that, all that stuff's under, under my banner at the church and so I'm like, man, the church is fixing to fail right. in my head. You know, they can't live because, without me. Because I'm out and yeah. got my, got oh my, my leg gosh, propped up. What's going to ever happen? It's over. Yeah. And my doctor said, you got to go home and you got to put your ankle over your heart for 16 weeks. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Your ankle has to be over your heart for 16 weeks if you ever want to walk or if you ever want to heal right. And, uh, and I, while the whole time I was out, I never got a phone call asking me what uh, to do or how to do it. One phone call. Yeah, the phone calls were all, hey, how are you feeling today? And yep. How's your ankle and how's your doctor appointment? Nobody needed me to fix anything at the church because it was all how being cared for that? by all the other people. <laughs> right. Yeah, God had plenty of people to do it. Yeah. So it was it was really the Lord showing me, you're an idiot. Yeah. If you, th- <laughs> if you think I need you at at you know, Shades Mountain, you're an idiot. You're not as important as you you're thought you were. You're not needed. <laughs> you know, you're welcome yeah. if you'll just get off your high horse. Right. <laughs> stop thinking you're all that, which I honestly would 100% guarantee, and all the guys that have discipled under me know this, and especially the guys that were in the middle of all that when it happened. I mean, the Lord literally was just shutting me down and saying, man, you think you're all of that in a bag of chips, and you're nothing. Watch this. Yeah, crunch. <laughs> home. Yeah, stay home. Stay home, and nothing bad happens to the church. That's right. Wow. Exactly. And matter of fact, they don't even call to ask for how to do anything you're doing. They they got it. Yeah, they're so, just checking on you. <laughs> yeah, they got it. Good luck uh, with that. But it was it was the Lord saying, "Hey, you know, humble yourself. Come on. That's right. Really, 
Really? <laughs> really? You think you're, you're yeah. that big? Yeah. And my worth is in I've approved you hmm. to be a minister of the gospel. Right. And I've entrusted you with it. Now, just go out there and do that and quit, quit trying to get some sort of, you know, bump off of the people and all that. That's not what's what, not, not what it's all about. That's exactly right. So really, guys, I want to encourage all you men. And I, I want to tell you, first of all, at, at 614, we really appreciate you rowing hard, serving hard. If you get discouraged, you're welcome to reach out to us by phone. I was, welcome to reach out to us by I was definitely going to echo that because you, you mentioned the elders thing, and not every pastor has that. So yeah. if, if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you've got a church where you don't have any elders or feel like you can go to your elders because of a certain circumstance or situation right now, reach out to us. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you. And I, I talk to multiple pastors during the week um, all over the southeast mostly. And uh, just try to help them be encouraged, and and uh, sometimes they talk to me and help me be encouraged. So that's right. Works both ways, but we would love to love to help you. That's right. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found all the content and dialogue helpful and inspiring. As always, I'm Josh. That's Stan, silent partner Mike, and we'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by Six Fourteen Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.